Our second lesson today comes from the Gospel according to John. Both of our lessons today are the lectionary readings for this particular Sunday in January. And our lesson from the Gospels comes from John 1, beginning at verse 43 and to the end of the chapter. We continue our listening for God's Word. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to Philip, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to Nathanael, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. I want to tell you an interesting story this morning. A preacher friend of mine went to visit one of the elder, elderly ladies in his church. This lady had been a lifelong member of this church. And at this stage in her life, her husband had died and her children had moved away. And she resided in an assisted living section of a small nursing home. The preacher sat at the, in the chair beside the lady's bed and they talked. They talked about the lady's husband. They talked about the church and the prior years of the church's life. And they talked about lots of other things. And just chatting, the preacher also was helping himself to some peanuts in a bowl on the bedside table. Well, at the end of their conversation and after he prayed, when he got up to leave, the preacher noticed that indeed he had eaten all the peanuts in the bowl. <laughs> and he said to the lady, I'm so sorry, we sat here talking and I was just eating and now all your peanuts are gone. The lady said, oh, that's okay, preacher. Those were chocolate-covered peanuts and I already sucked the chocolate off all of them. Sometimes in our ignorance, sometimes in our arrogance, we can say the wrong things. Sometimes in our unawareness, we do things that we regret. I wonder, has it happened to you recently? Maybe not that, but something close where you found yourself embarrassed or full of shame or something else. No matter what you've been dealing with, no matter how you might have embarrassed yourself along the way or what you might have gotten into, 
there's a positive word from our text today that speaks to all of our lives. And by God's Spirit, we might hear afresh some important words for us this day. Words that give us life and encouragement and hope, no matter where we've been or what we're dealing with. In our passage today from John, these early verses of John's gospel, we have lots of characters and lots of names. Jesus has been on the scene just a very short while, several days. He's been baptized by John. We heard about that last week. His identity is unfolding. He's been calling disciples. And then the next day, it says, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. Well, Jesus finds Philip there. Philip is from Bethsaida. Jesus says to Philip, follow me. Philip then encounters Nathanael. And Philip tells Nathanael that he has found the Messiah, the one whom the prophets and Moses wrote about. Jesus, the Son of God from Nazareth. Now, just imagine this scene for a little moment. Just picture it. This conversation between Philip and Nathaniel, it would not be a casual conversation. It wouldn't include things like what you had for breakfast or even the recent box score from the sports pages. It wouldn't even include some semi-exciting political insight. Philip has discovered something huge in this moment. Just before meeting Nathaniel, Philip has just something has discovered something greatly changing his life. He says, we have found him of whom Moses and the prophets wrote. See, this is life-changing news, transforming information. Everything is going to be different now. Philip is likely walking with a spring in his step, having a hard time controlling even his enthusiasm in this moment. He probably goes into Nathaniel's shop and Nathaniel is working at his craft and Philip comes bounding in and we found him about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel is seemingly so indifferent, so unimpressed that he has one question of, about which makes him famous. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? One of my graduate school professors once made the comment that there are basically two kinds of people in the world. Those who live life with a loving glance, open, looking forward to whatever comes their way. And there are those who live with a suspicious stare, dubious, hesitant about any and everything. Which one are you, maybe? Well, Nathaniel would be in the second category. He looked at life not with a loving glance, but a suspicious stare. And he's remembered forever for this dubious line about the Savior of the world. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? For Philip and Nathaniel, from Bethsaida, it says, Nazareth, see, is the other side of the lake. This would be like, growing up wearing orange and blue and pulling for the wahoos and then realizing, learning the facts that maybe everything good is maroon and orange in the other part of the state. Or if you're from Carolina, it would be like having to admit that Duke blue was the only real blue 
In fact, here's an example of the very thing I'm talking about going on with Nathaniel's suspicion about Nazareth. Ginger and I are very good friends with the Virginia Tech tennis coach. He went to Davidson, as did his wife. They were members of our church in Blacksburg when we served there. I baptized all their children. We spent a lot of time with them, loving them, nurturing them, uh, especially their children. We still remain close to them. Just recently, uh, this vigorous, fit tennis coach at Virginia Tech had some major medical challenges, and he was raced to the hospital in Blacksburg, and they decided to put him on a helicopter and fly him to UVA for emergency tests and procedures, and it was a scary day for their family. The youngest of these children of this coach was hearing the news about her dad trying to process all this information about his crisis that he was going to going through this vigorous, fit Virginia Tech coach. She's about six years old, their youngest child. She is a big VT fan, obviously. She was hearing about emergency medical issues, hospitals, helicopter flights, all of this. You know what her first word was when she heard this? What? They're taking him to UVA? The only thing she knows is that UVA is the rival. They're taking him to UVA? (laughs) That's kind of like Nathaniel in this story. Nazareth is across the lake. People are different there. How could the Messiah be from Nazareth? This is his question. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, the really amazing thing about this passage is what happens to Nathaniel. Just as soon as he asks this question, his life begins to change. He moves from indifferent and dubious to open and engaged. He moves from a fumbling and arrogant question of suspicion to a faith and a commitment that might inspire our faith and commitment. He moves from embarrassing himself with his attitude to an affirmation of faith and a famous commendation from Jesus. Here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. That's what Jesus says about Nathaniel. And do you see where this change really takes place for him? Do you note where the turning point is for Nathaniel in this story? Do you notice how he goes from, can anything good come out of Nazareth, to saying to Jesus, you are the king of Israel. The real turning point happens when Jesus responds, well, I saw you over by the fig tree, Nathaniel. And Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Nathaniel's eyes were opened because Nathaniel discovered that Jesus had already laid eyes on him. Nathaniel's heart was changed because Nathaniel discovered that Jesus had already touched his heart and filled his heart. Nathaniel's powerful confession comes because Nathaniel recognized that Jesus had shown such faith in him. Come and follow me, Nathaniel. Come and be part of my life. Come and be part of my fellowship. Come along, Nathaniel. Jesus has faith 
in all of us. To paraphrase one commentator, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need is to be known and loved and held by God and given life anew, God sends us a Savior who knows us by name, who knows right what our needs are, who meets us where we are, who forgives us, who understands our stumblings and even our screw-ups, who overlooks all of that and keeps saying, I'm here, come along, follow me. Then you'll find life. Nathaniel's life turned when he knew he was known. Folks, this is the good news of Scripture. This is the best news of the Bible. God knows us, our hurts, our hopes, our sorrows, our joys, our ups, our downs, our embarrassments, our gifts. And God keeps calling us to follow. I have faith in you, says the Lord, come along. And be a part of me and the kingdom that comes. In fact, when God looks upon us, comes among us, God doesn't just see a church full of people. God sees you. God sees me. God sees what is specific to your situation, to my situation. God sees us for who we are and what we're about. God sees our anxiety our depression, our anger. God sees our worries, our wonders, our grief, our goodness. God sees our laments, our laughter. Our psalm today speaks so well about this. You've heard it in various points of this service already. God knows us. When we sit down, when we rise up, when we go, when we come, is there anywhere we can go when God is not with us? Psalm 139 As no. God is behind and before, into the darkness and into the light. There you are, God, right with us. The wonderful writer Henry Nouwen says, quote, Every time you listen with great attentiveness to the voice that calls you beloved, you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice longer and more deeply. It's like you're discovering a well in the desert. Once you have touched wet ground, you want to dig deeper and deeper. This is the best stuff of Scripture. We are known, we are loved, we are held, we are always in God's presence. The good news of the gospel. Some years ago, some decades ago even, a group of theologians gathered in England for a conference on comparative religions. They grappled with the question, is there one belief completely unique to Christian faith? 
as they were debating this question, what is really unique to Christianity? As they were debating this, the world-famous theologian and Arthur C.S. Lewis walked into the room. What's going on, he asked. Someone told him the question they were deliberating. Is there one belief unique to Christianity? Lewis responded almost immediately, oh, that's easy. It's grace. Grace, he said. And by the end of the conference, the theologians agreed with Lewis. God's unconditional grace offered to human beings with no strings attached is indeed the unique issue of Christianity compared to the world's religions. Buddhists follow an eightfold path to righteousness. Hindus believe in the doctrine of karma. Jews, in order to receive God's blessing, strive to follow the law. Muslim Islam has a strict code of law that their followers follow in one way or another. Every religion of the world expects, asks people to earn God's favor. Except, except Christianity, it's grace. Grace that makes Christianity unique and God's unconditional love and acceptance of all of us as we are, who we are. That is such fantastic news. Jesus says to Nathanael, I saw you over by the fig tree. Come and follow me. I know when you sit down, when you rise up, I knit your inward parts together in the womb. You are my beloved. Come and follow me. You are my beloved. All grace. Come on. Come along and follow in response, we seek to follow. We all do. We seek to join Nathaniel and others who have been changed by that grace and who seek to move from grace to gratitude to generous living for God and God's purposes wherever we find ourselves in our daily life, along our city streets, around the world. God's grace is new every morning. It's fresh every evening. It's for each one of us. Each one of us. I knew you. Before you were born, says the psalmist, speaking for the Lord, I saw you under the fig tree, says Jesus. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And then Jesus says, follow me. Will we follow? Will we? Will we seek to devote our lives to the justice and joy of Jesus? Will we, just, will we strive to become who all God calls us to be? people of love and light in all we do? Will we live with openness and grace or with suspicion and stare? Each one of us gets to keep answering that question every day. Keep answering that question today, tomorrow. How will we do it? How well will we do it? What about today? Will you follow? What about tomorrow? MLK Day, will you follow Will your life be more about compassion and the content of your character? Or will it be about something else? What about in the coming days? Will love and generosity flow from your life or will it be something else? These are real questions for each one of us. Jesus of Nazareth says, I know you. I love you. You're mine. Come along. We seek to give our best in response to God's abounding and abundant grace. Give our best in love 
and faithfulness, for peace, for joy, for light, for hope, for the whole world. May we go that way. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Guide us, great God, in the way of faith, in the way of commitment. We seek to follow Christ the Lord. Amen.